0: Yo, yeah, what's up? We are live with the Digital Creators Podcast. I'm here with uh, Harif Guzman. Welcome, Harif. Thank you. For me. Uh, Harif Guzman is a world renowned contemporary artist and fashion designer born in Venezuela. Harif grew up in New York City. Um, in his youth, he worked in his father's print shop where he gained appreciation for mechanical reproduction. Guzman's art, um, he creates art of extremes, bringing together street culture. Uh, with fine art um, and can you tell us a bit about uh, where you've exhibited your art like you're you've been internationally you know exhibited
1: yeah um asia australia did a show there with big for china heights gallery in surrey hills um london moscow moma dubai paris um, Germany, et cetera, yeah. It's been quite a nice time.
0: Have you sort of transitioned <laughs> to being more of like a painter nowadays? Like, used to be more sort of street art, but...
1: I mean, I think it? I've been painting for five years, for the past 26 years. I mean, like, oh, okay, uh, cool. I've I mean, been... Uh, kind of got involved in uh, a lot of other things. I kind of just studied into other things, but painting I, I plan to like uh be in Germany now I'm more focused and it's a much better environment for painters I guess that's why eighty percent of all the painters live in uh Vienna Belgium or Germany you know? yeah it's pretty cool. it's very uh I don't know, something about it there is really nice, especially in Berlin you just feel free from a lot of stuff that that uh, you feel tied down to in other cities.
0: Why do you say it's better for painters there?
1: I used to are more free, me being an American, South American. You know, I'm pretty much American. I was born in South America, but I'm a New Yorker. in LA, San Francisco, still Miami. And uh, especially um, being not in Germany, I don't speak German, so I don't even understand half the conversations. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I'm just kind of like in my own little world right there. And uh, I have a cool, uh, pretty interesting situation set up with the vodka company that I have there with the Stauffenberg family and the Art Foundation, where I do residency programs for emerging artists. I've done about eight so far, and uh, I'm really feel satisfied with what I'm doing there. So that's nice.
0: Cool. And uh, how has street art um, and the perception of street art changed since the 90s?
1: Well, I never was a street artist. I started painting inside, and then I find myself in a rough position when I relocated to New York again. So I really didn't have anywhere else to paint. So it kind of happened by default, you know? And I never really had a plan at that point for my art. And then I remember I uh, took some classes at the Student Arts League on 57th, I believe. And that's really when I began to think about Art in a different way. I think, like, uh, and then throughout the next year and a half, two years, I read some people that kind of made me think about the five-year plan thing. I didn't understand what that was. I never really have. I never went to art school, and so it was it was all new to me. And uh, so, when you say what's the difference between street art now, I think is that everyone's doing it. I don't really, uh, I don't really think too much about the difference. Or the indifference of it, I just kind of in my own, you know? I think there's more of it the technology, I guess, has progressed, and Instagram, and everyone's a DJ, everyone's everyone's a painter, you know? But I think as long as you're having fun, it doesn't matter. Like, with anything, you know, I'm a skater at the beginning, so everything started with me skateboarding. And skateboarding taught me, like, if you're not having fun, you're not skateboarding, you know what I mean? So it's like the same. I took that kind of mental attitude towards everything. I'm yeah not having fun not my passion, and now uh, I think now with social media people are comparing themselves to other people, maybe you won't feel as like successful as the other person or this bullshit or that and um I try to like stay away from that kind of mind state you know what i and mean?
0: yeah you know, so, so yeah, you're always trying yeah. to like have fun with your art as well, right?
1: well anything I do in thought why am I doing it?
0: So then, what if, for example, it's not like, say, your art like isn't selling? Because uh, when you're an artist, of course, it's it's a form of self-expression. But when you grow as an artist, uh, maybe that you have like more investors involved, or you maybe you're trying to make an income. So, uh, does that kind of dictate what art you're going to create, like the market, in a way?
1: Um, no, nope, not at all. I feel like, uh, for instance, I used to do show in Perth. No one even knows about me over there. You know, sell something. I don't know, I just did it because I love art. And Think about Damien Hirst, no one even came to his first show. Cezanne died a loser. His family and kids weren't even there. Gagan died a loser too. You know what I mean? Van Gogh didn't sell one piece of art his whole life. Hmm. And I don't think art art and money have nothing to do with each other. It's about attitude, commitment, and discipline. You know what I mean? To like what you love and like you, you know? and uh a lot of the greats they died losers in their mind and uh <laughs> we know that's not true you know, But and uh i think you shouldn't make things just because they sell you should make things because you want to make them and that's the whole purpose of the whole thing you know
0: yeah i guess that's why it's so hard to be an artist today it's like it's <clears throat> You've really got to be like committed to your craft and like block out all these other things that kind of come in and try and affect
1: your process. Um, yeah. And that's why I said it's harder now with social media because you don't have that privacy anymore. You know, whether you like it or not, you run into a website and other artists, you know, look oh, at him—he's doing this, that, but it's all an illusion. Somebody may be more commercially successful. They might be, might not be as happy as you are. It's, all, it's yeah. all smoke and mirrors, man.
0: Yeah. So you've always been that, like that, just like nothing's really dictated I mean, uh, no, what I think, you're creating.
1: Um, I think when you travel, I mean, especially me, most of my shows I've done places like I painted, uh, except for the Momo Moscow, retrospect, uh, most times I would go to Australia and paint everything there. I'd go to a place uh, in China, paint everything there and hang out for three months, I mean, four months. And I think when you do that, your paintings come out different because one, you might not have that clean studio set up to paint. So then what you paint it has to be something that's more raw. And then if you have a clean studio set up then you can do really different kind of paintings because you don't have to worry about dust or shit fucking up your art, uh, messing up or messing up the whole process of the art, the way the art looks. So everything comes out different, but it kind of, used, you kind of want to maintain it. I mean, for me, I've been consistent with the with the street art hacking, stuff. it's white, red, and black. And I always knew I wanted that because people can always recognize it. Oh, that's so strange, it's those colors, you know what I'm saying? Colors were really important to me growing up. My father worked in the print shop, color and Pantones and typesetting and that sort of thing. So I always knew I wanted to kind of maintain the same color combination for my street stuff.
0: One of my questions was to do with uh, the fact that we live in a digital age and like the algorithm is kind of determining what art is seen. What advice would you give to artists today to kind of navigate that?
1: Comparison's a thief of joy, right? So you just don't compare yourself to anybody else. Even though it's going to be hard, I guess. I wanted to fix it. But I would just say like, keep your head down, work hard, stay focused on what you're doing and try not to compare yourself to other people.
0: Do you you plan? Do you think ahead with your art and like where you're going and like plan stuff or you just?
1: Yeah, a lot of it's inspired by books, photographs, nature, relationships. So, yeah, there are some, it's pretty pretty much much. the idea is premeditated, but the actual flow of the painting is, I mean, this translates from your brain, the energy you receive from your brain the universe here, boom, boom. your brain's like a AM FM radio receiver and then it comes out through your hand and then they're like there, but it's all subliminal things that happen to you. For instance, the printing, um, my father, reason that you see those paintings in Australia, they're all unregistered, right? Is because I think as a child, my dad was so stressed out when the printing wasn't registered perfect because you have customers waiting for stuff. Curse everyone that blah, blah, blah. Fuck. I'd be so stressed as a kid. You know, I was like eight years old, seven working. Hard. And then when it was working well, he was so happy. Like, yeah, he was singing. And then I think now when I do these things, I think it's active rebellion or like, I want to make it messy. You know what I mean? And so, suddenly, these things come out of the war later in life.
0: When did you realize that? When did you make that connection that you think it was like a subliminal thing from your childhood?
1: Well, I think it's about becoming an adult man. I think when you're young, you realize now that I'm a grown man, I think things that you think about at 20 are not things you think about 30. Where Fred Henry was saying today, you know, and when you're 40, you think about different things. When you're 50, you think about different things. When you're 65, 70, you know, so everything changes gradually. And mean, I think you have time to reflect on actually what happened.
0: Do you think you need life experience to make great art? Do you think you can be like a young artist and make great art?
1: I mean, what is great art? I don't know. We only grow from discomfort, so I, I do think you need some sort of discomfort in your life to grow in any way. And I think painting is a part of that growth. So That being said, it's up to you. I don't know. I don't wanna. I don't wanna spoil the fun. But yeah, definitely, I think something something needs to happen. Needs to be catalyst. Some sort of things.
0: In street art there's what's known as tagging which means like tagging a name or a symbol everywhere it could be on the street on the on the wall or public transport even on shop windows then there's the type of art that focuses more on like visual imagery where do you draw the line on what's ethical and in Harif's perfect world where do you draw the line between what is uh progressive expression uh for a culturally rich society and what is property damage
1: I think you should do whatever you want, your life your way. I don't tell people what to do. I think that's the whole punk rock attitude I kind of was born into when I went to New York in 1980. I was five. And my whole approach was just that punk attitude. So it's just like, don't tell anyone what the fuck to do and shut the fuck up. You didn't talk that much back then when you were young. Just kept your fucking mouth shut. You get fucking lumped. So it's like, if someone wants to fucking, Break a window and destroy a building, and that's their life in their way. Anyway, I'm not here. I'm not a joy. I have never had that. I think you have to be born with like that whole kind of attitude, intuition. I never had that. I was just like I grew up in bad neighborhoods and was just kind of keep your head down, watch your back, and don't talk too much around the older dudes. Especially I'm a skater, so back then as a young little skater, I was pretty good, better than the older dudes. And they were pretty fucking scary, some of those dudes. And I was just like, holy shit, these guys are fucking hard. And, like, I just kind of kept my mouth shut, sit at the skate shop with your mouth shut, and just came. And that was it. I'm a different time now. And people kind not know this a different time. So my whole attitude was just let everyone do what they want, do tell what to do.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, here in Perth, Australia, it's like... Uh tough to express yourself as a street artist i've seen in places like paris and new york they kind of seem to understand it a bit more they've got more like dedicated walls um and i'd kind of i'd love to see that in my city but like yeah the government here is just very strict on that sort of stuff so how like how can one make fun. yeah <laughs> i guess uh so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, And like we're going, we're going into web 3.0, which is NFTs, augmented reality, artificial intelligence. Have you made moves to be a part of the next wave of digital art? What are, What are your thoughts
1: on that? I can't wait to throw my phone in the garbage one day, man. I'm done. <laughs> I hate it. I mean, I don't hate any, but it's just like, I think, I've had to do so much things, but on the, so many things. And I think I'm working towards a future that I'm successful enough to not have a phone. You know what I mean? I just yeah. don't, not, I don't want to be in the phone all the fucking time and you know, on the phone, checking. You know, I, think you're, I don't want anything to do with it anymore, really. So I'm working really hard to get rid of my phone and not have one. I think that's two, two signs of success is not having a phone having someone else deal with that stuff, and then create and make paintings, traditional paintings, you know?
0: You think that's bad? You'll probably uh, be living in the goggles soon, the new Apple goggles or something.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's my goal. to uh, Just be, just paint old traditional style. I like, I mean, I'm always like looking for new technologies and tech too, to work in, but I don't, you know, I I did graphic arts in the early two thousand a little bit. I don't know, just something about I think being, being on the being on being on the screen all the time is just like kills my vibe now. You know, yeah, staring at a computer. Uh, you gotta check your phone. People sleep next to their phone. The phone here, just checking Instagram, scrolling. Oh, look at this. it's just too much for me. I think I'm. That's why I think living in Europe has taught me it's about more quality of life. And I'm pushing towards becoming better at that, you know, just not being yeah. on my phone so much and kind of just reading more and like, but not on the phone. You know what I mean? Like everything's just on the phone. Yeah. You read yeah. on the phone. Now. You talk to your friends on your phone. You talk oh, to your mom on your phone. Your FaceTime video. You check your. Oh, I think the old school traditional things, you know, the Charlie Rose show is nice when you're next, sitting next to someone in front of them. It seems a little more personal, but I don't know. Yeah, so that being
0: said. Yeah, life, life's definitely better in reality. Like even uh, I find with these podcasts and stuff, like a conversation you have like with the person next to you, is like so much more like in depth. You can see them, you can see their emotions, their expression, um,
1: yeah.
0: but I guess it is- <laughs>
1: is. I'm just saying, my personal goal is to work for a time. What? But that's my personal goal to work towards that. I have any. Oh yeah. No, yeah. Learn... Technology is great though, and uh, does a lot of great things. But for me, I like to use it from a distance, and not so much because I've been a slave to my phone, you know. And I notice it. <clears throat>
0: Like, do you do you think it's harder or easier to to be an artist in the social media age? I mean, like here you can like reach out to people, you can message people, you can share your work. Uh, but at the same it all time, how it's how like
1: it depends how mentally ill you are. Depends how mentally ill you are. I know some people can deal with like with certain things better than others. You know, in real, I think real painters are all nuts. Everyone's nuts in their own different sweet way. They want to hit different notes. So if you're good at hitting a C sharp note, that's your note. If you're good at G flat, one, well, you know, whatever it is. You're hitting those notes, man, and it's uh it's a mixed salad out there, man. There's no like you lead. I don't think there's a right answer to to that one. It's it hard. I know some people like being on their computer or all the time, some people don't, so if you're good at emails, I know that's good for you. If you're good at returning emails and doing that stuff or stroking people's egos through email all day. your career's gonna go far and uh but when your go
0: when you were living in the the streets of New York, did you have this like goal and this vision to become like this? Big artist, and you were kind of like working towards that goal, or were you just like purely expressing yourself and you didn't like even think about that? You no,
1: know, everybody has dreams. I'm a young kid, but I think a lot of the first jobs I got was just, Oh wow, I need to pay my rent, or like, you no, know, I got an apartment now when I got off the street, and I was just like, Okay, we're looking for a styling assistant, I'll do it. Oh, okay, we're looking for a set design person for this, okay, I'll do it. We need to. A- lighting assistant and then you start to learn these things and that leads to like okay I got a love. okay well how am I going to pay for it I think I started a, uh, a photo studio I started a photo studio called Whiplash Studio Days and I rented it out to you know, some photographers Green Black and Angela Boatwright and different photographers have rented it out for you know different magazines and I learned about that and then I, then I became a photographer more I was doing skate videos and all these things that you do especially skateboarding has taught me that you can't be afraid to fall on your face and eat shit in front of everyone and you can't be afraid to keep going and trying because it's not you'll never get good at anything and I think that's kind of been the vibe for me you know it's like keep that kind of mentality
0: a lot of uh, a lot of this stuff online like list you as like a fashion designer would you call yourself a fashion designer and what is like your interest in fashion
1: mm-hmm. i wouldn't say i'm a full-on designer i think alex and queen's a designer but i would tell you is i do design certain pieces a month or certain pieces a month certain pieces a season that are cool but also there's certain things that people buy consistently so it's been a learning progress my partner John Kuhn from Taekwondo Industries has taught me a lot. And yeah, man. I, I know I I know clothes, but I can't sit there and make you a suit and know your whole, whole handline from like I think that's what I, to call yourself a real designer. I think that's what 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 a real designer is. So I wouldn't say I'm a full on real designer, but I can design some things, you know. Accessories and certain things that I like. And uh maybe like half and half, you know.
0: Yeah. So like why did you get into uh the fashion scene?
1: Well, I used to do silk screen and try to sell my own shirts when I was broke. And sell them at little stores and stuff like that. And then uh I went to the diesel store and the owners' sons were there, Renzo's sons, Stefano and Audre And uh they were they're like, Oh, we like your stuff or in the Street, whatever. I used to up. My friend worked at the diesel store. They gave me my first show on there. Like, you could do a show here at the TikTok DSL store and then do a t shirt for us. And that was the beginning of the real one. And then from that, I did Volcom, Volcom, Michelle. And then I did Burton. I did Bly, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then I started my own thing, hacked on. And I started selling it at BQM, Dave's Quality Meats. And then that kind of broke up. And I started a company called Lancy in Japan. From New York, and then John Kuhn, who I met at the store downstairs, was like, Okay, you want to do a jacket for young Jeezy? And I was like, Cool, let's do one. And then that was such a success that they offered my own capsule. I was the beginning of the hack in 2013. And from then, now we've been around 10 years. Oh,
0: yeah, so it was kind of like it was more of a natural process from like you screen printing and then people yeah. kind of seeing your work more i've and always then...
1: liked clothes i've always i've always liked clothes my father was a sharp dresser my mom was also the style,
0: so was... and uh what's your kind of do you have a vision for what you want to do with uh the fashion stuff like i'm not aware if you have your own line or you're just doing like collaborations at the moment
1: no, I'm online. We do every season, like Gary, we work with Harrod's, partners in Farfetch, and Crawford, like so. It's pretty out there. Man. The partner is a very serious dude, and uh, he handles it. He handles it very well. Our company, I'm happy where we're at. I think we're gonna expand a little more. COVID it was a little dark for everyone, but I think it's gonna be okay. Fashion's in a weird place right now, anyway. So. My pieces are more like. You know, overproduce, and they're kind of like you know, like all archival pieces. They're very rare. Yeah.
0: Why do you say uh, fashion's in a weird place? Because
1: no one's buying stuff, and everyone's economy is terrible, and everybody wants to instead of the hundred fifty dollar hoodie, they want the thirty dollar hoodie and the twenty dollar t shirt. I you mean. Know? Like I said, it's all smoking, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Do you uh, you focus a lot on the quality of materials and that sort of thing? Yeah,
1: the quality is 100% important. Like I said, if you research what we do, you understand the quality of our stuff is 100% point. That goes without saying. my partner's not a joke. He's really talented. Those materials create his own fabric. We're very lucky to meet him and join up with him. And it's just me and him doing the company too. So there's no like big conglomerate that owns us or funds us. It's just me and him.
0: Do you uh, work on the silhouettes of the clothing as well? Or are you mostly and, and like the pattern making and that? Or are you mostly uh, like the visuals, the,
1: uh, I the colors? Draw, and... I give me options. I suggest some things sometimes that I like. And that's just the basis of it. It's all based off my art everything has my drawings on it so it's been another another way for me to express myself artistically
0: yeah i think uh
1: you've kind of
0: i guess that's the goal of every artist is to kind of have this uh work that can be recognized and then you can use it doesn't matter if it's fashion or uh paintings or online like digital art like once your once your work can be recognized like you can kind of do it anywhere Mm um let's see we got another eight minutes um do you do you categorize your art into commercial and non-commercial stuff like before you sell it like
1: I don't even sell it. Other people sell it. I just make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Camille was you on. I don't. Like, uh, Camille, you I don't I, I'm not even there. You know, like uh, sometimes if it's a friend of a friend or something, yeah. But I don't. I don't really. I don't really make stuff because it's gonna sell. I'm not, you know, they have that commercial shit. I don't, I don't. I don't. I can. I do my own. The thing is, I do my own commercial thing for my own brand. So. You know, as to where other brands are um, licensing out Kenny Sharp, which is amazing, and all these amazing artists. Um, I am my own. I don't have to license when I'm creating my own brand. So it's like, I don't really attach myself to any big brands personally, but it's, it takes longer and it's harder. It's kind of just a path that was brought my way naturally. I mean,
0: I think that's like the goal. Like, you don't even. I don't even know if you think about the marketing side of art, but as someone who's, I'm, I'm I'm a photographer, so I'm trying to get, like, my photos out there and that sort of thing. Of course, I'd love to just, like, go out there and shoot. But I feel like i got to think about marketing. Like, how how can you get my stuff out there? Like, how can this sell? What's my... And I'm
1: I'm not, you have to have a good team, man. Someone that does it for you. I don't think about them. I have a whole marketing team. You know, you have to understand that everything is, is, is instinct, but also you have to learn from others, people that are at best in the field. And kind of just gotta watch, and got take what you can from that.
0: So yeah, I think so. Like have a team, but I mean, you didn't always have a team.
1: Uh, I try to surround myself around people way smarter than me. It's probably isn't that hard, but I I just try to like i look up to certain people and i ask them questions you're like hey how'd you do this a you lot know, i think a lot of people go up to certain people are afraid to approach people that they admire and i think you should go up to people you admire and ask them hey how did you do this? especially at a young age because i think at a young age people are more likely to help you you know what i mean yeah Ask them way you're, oh, you're like who the fuck is this thing? when you're young and you gotta be an asshole obviously a 16 year old kid comes up to you and asks you hey how do you do it and you're like you know, so I think it's about asking questions and being humble and, you know, not being scared. Like, that. like I said, it all goes back to that whole skateboarding about, it, now you can't be scared and look stupid. And, you know, you can't always be the coolest and the best on the mini ramp. Right? You're never going to get good if you stand on the mini ramp all day because you're scared to drop in and look stupid. Same thing in your career. If you don't go up and call Steve up Keep calling him until he hits you back. Call your favorite photographer, whoever it is. You're like, hey, man, I want to take me. I don't know. All they can say is no, but watch what they did. Study what they did. That's why studying is so important. You study people, what they did, and the formulas all stay the chain. All those, I mean, formulas all stay the same throughout time. If you're like the to work, they will always work. So I think that's, you as a photographer should think about that. What are your favorite photographers and what do they do? What steps do they take?
0: cool yeah man um yeah my my favorite photographers are like the the legends like um Robert Frank Joseph Cordega um and like those black and white classic street photographers but hmm. man social media is just it's just not for photograph photography like that Instagram is all like video and then you got TikTok and you got to like put all this crap music over it. And it's just like, I got to, I uh, I had my first exhibition earlier this year to like get my work out. And that, that felt like, yeah, it felt that was progressive. Um, Just having real people see it rather than like this social media stuff. But yeah, it's hard to figure out in the digital age, I guess.
1: Yes, sir. So we all will though.
0: And uh what would you say is like affecting your art the most like now? Like maybe it's yeah, like what what's influencing your work the most? What are you thinking about?
1: That guy there influences me. You see that dude all the way over there? He's the real deal. You know what I'm saying? Henry, people like that. People that are a hundred percent real to their craft and have that passion and we're very lucky and fortunate to be around in skateboarding and you No know, Musk or Paul Diaz or uh, Henry Taylor or Danny Fox or Mark Gonzalez or anyone. I've been very fortunate to have time to spend with them and learn from them. You know what I mean? Kind of we all learn from each other, I guess, but it's been very nice. I think to be, you have to kind of be an admirer of a lot of other people and then that kind of flows over into you because appreciation and gratefulness leads to abundance, you understand what I'm saying? So it's like, if you want to create this type of art, which is, everyone has different styles. This is what I'm about, you know what I mean? Trying to stay positive and forward and express your sadness and fears in different ways that can come out as a positive outlet towards other people, you know?
0: So it's like the the people around you, uh, the culture that you surround yourself with, that's kind of like you're taking different lessons and maybe. Well, thoughts. that's common sense, and... right?
1: You're, you're like 85, 90% of who you surround yourself with. The five people that you surround yourself with, that's 95, probably 98% of who you are. True or false? You remember? Yeah,
0: I've heard that. I've heard that.
1: <laughs> just facts, nice, man. Yeah. So if you're trying to get somewhere... And no one in your crew's uplifting each other. Are you guys putting each other down or helping each other come up? The Why the fuck are you even hanging out? You know what I'm saying? There's things you have to think about, just the common sense, basics of life, and then you apply them to whatever you're doing.
0: Cool. Um, last question. Where in the world uh, excites you the most? Uh, maybe it could be a place that you want to, you know, Go there, create and express your art. Maybe exhibit
1: your art. Um, right here, Paris, Germany, Bahamas. I don't know, wherever I'm alive, man. Just being alive is great. But uh, Paris definitely is very really inspirational. Germany is more free, but Paris is so inspirational right now. And, and uh, like I said, I'm really happy to be here. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. I'm really grateful for everything.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah. Really appreciate you coming on to the podcast and uh, chat with me. Uh, yeah, yeah sure. Good to meet you. And uh, where can people find you online? I guess you're trying not to be on your phone, but where should they head? to like, to
1: Instagram.com or just my Instagram. Stuff like that. Sweet. Awesome, man. Go Yeah. You have a great day, man. Great night. Yeah. Peace. All right, Peace out.